Alright. It's on? I mean, it's on. I'm still eating my cake. <laughs> Hold on a second. You know what? Just roll the theme. What's up, everybody? Sorry about that. I was uh, eating cake. I had a bit of a Mark Giacchini moment, so <laughs> I apologize. Screw that guy, right? Um, no, man. My uh, my kid's birthday was a couple days ago, so had some leftover birthday cake, but uh, I had to wait for him to go to bed so I can eat some without him seeing it. <laughs> so anyway, how's everybody's week been? Um, not so much different here. I, I mean, I guess things are starting to kind of open a little bit. This is my... Uh, my bunker series where I'm safe below in the the depths of the underground um, in the world of social distancing. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I guess we're trying to make it as normal as we can get. A little update here. My kid's birthday uh, was a couple days ago. He just turned nine. And uh, oh, sorry, I always bump the mic. <clears throat> it was a it turned out to be a really good day. Um, I was a little little nervous about it you know i've never we've never had an experience like this before so here we are quarantined and he wants a special day and i found out there's this place we go to um it's called second and charles they're like uh they have everything it's like old uh media play they buy back things sell things uh at affordable prices and um right now they're doing curbside pickup which is cool i mean we usually go in the store and you can spend hours upon hours looking at everything that you're not going to buy. It's just endless movies, uh, games, music, T-shirts, vinyl, music instruments, books, games, you know, galore, you name it. Um, this place is sweet. <clears throat> and uh, what they've been having, and I, I've gone there a few times and gotten these. I don't need to, but I do it anyway. Oh, I don't know if the mic picked that up. There's dudes speeding by all the time with these loud... Loud motors all the time. Anyway, um, at the store they have these mystery boxes for twenty five bucks. You get fifty DVDs and Blu-rays, random, randomly selected in these boxes, or a um, hundred plus CDs. And I was like, "Well, that's cool. I bought a couple of the movie ones in the past. You know, of course you get duplicates and stuff. Uh, especially me, I've got so many, so many movies up in the thousands, almost." <laughs> seven or eight thousand dvds and uh <clears throat> i still managed to get new ones in the box and that, that's pretty cool um the duplicates you know i hand out to my mom or whoever doesn't have whatever movie movie i've already got um so anyway i was trying to make my 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 son's day special and i found out they're doing curbside pickups so i was like all right this is cool i'll reserve a couple boxes we'll do something different this year i'll get the uh mystery dvd box and the mystery CD box, which I've never done. I've been hesitant because I'm very particular in the music that I like, and I don't want to get a box full of stuff that I don't like in the genres and stuff. But this box was actually a, a win. It was pretty good, man. There was there was 108 CDs. Not all of them were great. Not all of them were, you know, awful either. Um, I got I got a whole range of stuff. I got three new ACDC albums. 
uh, some deep purple journey sticks, foreigner, um, a bunch of, uh, punk rock and death metal. And you know, there's a couple country and jazz and hip hop. No, actually, no, there was no hip hop. It was all just jazz. Uh, a couple like Gregorian chant CDs, which is kind of weird. But for the most part, you know, and I've spent the last couple days converting all of it into MP3s for my, uh, my external hard drive. And uh, so I've got just endless, endless music. <clears throat> and the cool thing is all the duplicates, um, all the duplicate albums that I have, like Journey and ACDC and Deep Purple and stuff, I gave to my kid. So he's, he can discover these bands on his own as well. Um, on his own time, which is pretty cool. I like, I like seeing stuff like that and <clears throat> being able to discover new music and giving him the opportunity to do the same. Um, even though CDs are kind of outdated, you know what? I still like the physical media and, um, that's what we've been doing. <clears throat> so we started out the day with that and then, uh, went on, had some lunch, you know, watched some cartoons, had him just, doing whatever he wanted to do, kind of make his day feel special in the house here. And uh, what he didn't know is that we had planned a special parade for him. And so right at the time we're supposed to have this, uh, like, hey, you know, let's go outside. Let's go play some tetherball or something. Hooked a GoPro up to his chest and uh, said, let's go outside and play. And as soon as we went outside, that's when everyone drove by with the, with the, uh, their cars all decorated and spraying silly string out the window at him and he got presents and we got to have a cool social distance birthday party for him and uh they all went home the whole family went home they called us on zoom at 7 p.m i hooked that i hooked the laptop up to the tv so we could see everybody on the tv and we had this big cool uh birthday family meeting in everyone's respective homes and that was really cool something i've never done before and i love and appreciate the fact that we have that technology to do such a cool thing like that these days which <clears throat> which you know back in my day we didn't have anything like that and it, it, it's all new to all of us and it's pretty rad um so the last last few days that's what we've been up to cooking eating uh fixing the drains man we had a drain back up in the basement and that was nasty took me all day to figure that one out but um we're good there uh we've been working on an art project or a hobby project with uh with the kids um he got a rock tumbler for his birthday which is something i've been wanting to get him for years and um my my sister-in-law got that for him and it's pretty cool. We got it. We got it rolling on in the kitchen. Uh, sounds like an endless milkshake going on up there, but um, it's, it's going to be like a month long process to to shine up these rocks, and we're all really excited about that. So that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> man, no word on the the Goosebumps book. That's going to be coming out. Um, I'll continue with that audio series, and then you know what? I might even splice it all together as one long. Um, audiobook. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, <clears throat> we'll see about the intros if I keep those or not. But hey, you know what? I, f I fly by the seat of my pants. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't make rules. <laughs> uh, kind of like right now, I'm just kind of rambling because I have, I don't know what to talk about. I just kind of give uh, an update on the week because it's been a week, and I always say have a week, and um, <clears throat> every day seems the same. So. This kind of kind of keeps me sane, but I do have a fun top 
whatever list planned today. And I'm excited about that. Kind of rolling with the times here. Kind of keep it relevant to what's going on. Uh, no more, uh, you know, negative nancing around. We're going to have some fun today. I'm going to play a song. We're already at the 10 minute mark almost. And, uh, play a song. See you back in a few minutes with a cool, uh, top five, top 10, maybe top 20. I don't know. Let's see how we feel. All right. Here we go. Imagine me and you, I do, I think about you day and night, it's only right to think about the girl you love, and hold her tight, so happy together, if I should call you up, invest the time, and you say you belong to me, and ease my mind, imagine how the world could be, so very fine, so happy together. song is designed to make you feel good right um man i don't remember when i recorded that it had to have been at least a year maybe two years ago like i said i have not had any time to do any new music lately so kind of going through my archives if i've played it in the past i am sorry but um hey if you haven't heard that one yet there you go it's an oldie but a goodie right um man what else here well i guess we can jump right into our uh top 20 list today um i think that sounds appropriate so upon recording this right now i am minutes away 
from the 4th of May. And which we all know is uh, Star Wars Day, right? May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, I had to work actually yesterday, which was Saturday. And um, I heard they were doing a free comic book day in the area. Um, and I ended up missing it. I had to work, which was not fun. But um, I did hear a rumor, and I'm sure it's true, that uh, Rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney Plus as of tomorrow morning. Um, I know a lot of people hated that movie. I loved it. Um, I'm a fan of the franchise. I'm a fan, a fan of all of it. And, um, I thought they, they did a really good job with it. So, um, I'm going to do that. That was probably really annoying, but I had to adjust the microphone. I'm sorry. I'm using an old, uh, Proline mic stand on the floor here. So I had to move it so you guys could hear me better. Okay. So. How do we begin this? Um, this is called From Best Life Online. Um, the Star Wars movies just, they might be the analyzed docu, the most, uh, analyzed, documented, and discussed science fiction franchise ever created. And yet there's still so much about the films, uh, movies that even the most diehard fans don't know. So um, even if you consider yourself a Jedi master of Star Wars trivia, um, a certified historian of all things Skywalker and Solo, there are likely a few jaw-dropping tidbits that will still be news to you, and here are 20 of them. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling, feeling the mood here. Okay, um, in no particular order. <clears throat> Number one, R2-D2 once spoke English and was kind of a jerk. So, I don't know if anyone knew that. Uh, the R2-D2 we all know and love from the Star Wars movie speaks only beeps and whistles, um, which I had as my text message tone for the longest time. Um, a robot language that most of his friends can understand, but in the original draft of Star Wars, written in 1974, R2-D2 spoke in complete sentences. Um, even more alarming, he was not the lovable goof he would later become. He was actually kind of a bully, berating his pal C-3PO with insults like, you're a mindless, useless philosopher, and you're nothing more than a dim-witted, emotion-brained intellectual. Why you were created is beyond my logic systems. Sheesh. Take the hostility down, will you? Notch, will you? Uh, number two. The original Return of the Jedi ending saw Luke Skywalker turn evil. Um, that would have been really interesting to see. Um... The original trilogy ends on a happy note. The dark side is defeated and all of our favorite characters survive. But according to um, J.W. Rensler's behind-the-scenes tell-all, the making of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, the seminal, seminal tome of how Episode Six was made, that wasn't the original idea. <clears throat> so um, in early story meetings, writer-director George Lucas considered an ending for Return of the Jedi that was much darker. And as he pitched it to co-writer Loris Kasten... Lawrence Caston, man, I uh, I have not been in front of a mic in a while. I apologize. Um, Luke takes his mask off. The mask is the very last thing, and then Luke puts it on and says, "Now I am Vader." Surprise! The ultimate twist. Now I will go and kill the Rebel fleet, and I'll rule the universe. Blah blah blah. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad that didn't happen. I think that would have been a little cornball. Um, and and plus, I mean, kids love the Star Wars f movies, and that that would have just broken everything. I think, I think that would have ended it right there. So, um, good for them, for them for not doing it. Uh, number three, Boba Fett first appeared in a county fair, country fair parade. Uh, most people believe that legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett first appeared in the 1980s Empire Strikes Back, but hardcore fans know what happened a little earlier in the much maligned 
Star Wars Holiday Special in 1978, which I do have in its entirety, and I still cannot get the kids to watch it with me every every year on Christmas. Um, come on, we got to celebrate Life Day somehow, right? <laughs> but um, they'd be wrong, too. Uh, his history goes back a little further. And the first time anyone set eyes on Boba Fett was on September 24th, 1978, during the San Anselmo County Fair Parade in California. Uh, the townspeople were only lucky enough to get an advanced look at what would become one of the Star Wars' most loved baddies because they shared a zip code with 52 Parkway, the original headquarters of Lucasfilm. So, um, that's kind of cool. Number four, Samuel L. Jackson had his lightsaber engraved with a bad word. Of course he did. It's Sam Jackson. <laughs> While doing an interview on BBC's The Graham Norton Show, Sam Jackson insisted that he still owned the purple lightsaber that his character Mace Windu used in some pretty epic battles in the Star Wars prequels. But the most shocking revelation, what Jackson claimed was engra engraved on his lightsaber, which is not suitable for young children, is a callback to Tarantino's 94 movie Pulp Fiction. So, um, that's pretty sweet and i want to see that lightsaber <laughs> uh number five the original darth vader is banned from all star wars events and i did know this um david prouse um when we think of darth vader the first name that comes to mind is james earl jones the voice behind the series most infamous villain but the man in the costume was somebody entirely different a british bodybuilder named david prouse and prouse apparently isn't among lucas's favorite people there's actually Man, I cannot think of the name of it, but there is a documentary <clears throat> all about Prowse and how he was kind of kind of cast aside and kind of screwed out of the franchise. Uh, it was pretty sad, pretty sad movie. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As Prowse revealed on his website, which has since been taken down, he has been banned from all Lucasfilm-associated events, which includes conventions and other Star Wars celebrations. When he reached out for an explanation, Prowse said he was told... I have burnt too many bridges between Lucasfilm and myself, no other reason given. Lucas declined to elaborate, but rumors abound about the rift, with many believing that Prowse was a bit too vocal about his displeasure in learning that another actor, Sebastian Shaw, um, would be used for the Vader unmasking scene. <clears throat> so he didn't actually find out until he saw the movie. He filmed his part, filmed his scene, yeah, what? There's a documentary. Look up David Prowse. Um, it's it's really interesting. Um, kind of bummed. I wish I could meet the dude. Number six, Yoda was almost a monkey. Uh, long before Yoda was created by animatronics and puppetry, with animatronics and puppetry by master pup Muppeteer Frank Oz, the plan was to hire an actual actor, a simian actor that is. <clears throat> According to the making of Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, they plan to dress up a real monkey in a Yoda costume and mask. There are photos of the monkey in training and the weirdly hideous Yoda mask prototype. That That's just weird. <laughs> Luckily, a crew member who'd previously worked on 2001 A Space Odyssey pointed out that the apes used in the movie's opening were a huge headache, which was enough to convince Empire's filmmakers to fire their Yoda monkey. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. This, this whole thing could have gone a lot different. <laughs> <clears throat> The, number seven, the first Star Wars almost caused an actual war. Uh, to create the barren desert planet of Tatooine, Lucas found the perfect setting of Tunisia. What he didn't account for was how even a little movie production could lead to socio-political tensions. Tunisia sells, shares a border with Libya. That's a tongue twister. 
<laughs> which at the time was ruled by ruthless dictator Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah. The Tunisian government received threats from Gaddafi warning that a conflict was inevitable if they didn't remove a military vehicle from the Libyan border. The military vehicle in question was actually a Jawa sandcrawler. Lucas agreed to move the prop because, well, inciting an international incident isn't a great way to publicize a movie. That's something I, I didn't know that had happened. That's pretty interesting. <clears throat> Number eight, Chewbacca had to be protected from bear hunters. Uh, compared with the snowy tundras and barren deserts and the Star Wars cast and crew had to endure filming in the Redwood Forest of Northern California to create the forest moon of Endor for Return of the Jedi must have been a cakewalk, except for P actor Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca. During the several months shoot, he had to be constantly chaperoned by bodyguards in bright vests to protect him from hunters. That's because in costume, Mayhew could have easily been mistaken for a bear. Uh, but more hilariously, the bodyguards had to protect the actor from people searching in the forest for Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> so, um, and that was actually confirmed by Peter Mayhew, but could you imagine going on a hunt for Bigfoot and finding a giant Wookiee instead? Um, I think I'd take my win on that one. <laughs> uh, number nine, Sir Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan hated Star Wars that I, I do know he, uh, thought the dialogue was, um, uh, what do you call it? Rubbish. <laughs> so let's see it says uh the great actor sir alec guinness was accustomed to performing shakespeare before he signed on to play obi-wan kenobi and according to many accounts he hated it in a letter to friends as obtained by mashable guinness complained that new rubbish dialogue reaches me every other day on wages of pink paper and none of it makes my character clear or even bearable uh what's more in an anecdote shared in his autobiography a positively final appearance Guinness recalls meeting a young fan who asked for an autograph and claimed he'd seen Star Wars a hundred times. He agreed to give the child an autograph, but only if he never watched the movie again. He bursted into tears. Guinness wrote, I just hope the lad now in his 30s is not living in a fantasy world of secondhand childish banalities. I wish I didn't know that fact because that sucks. I love Obi-Wan and Alec Guinness did such a great job, but... <clears throat> <laughs> Number 10, In Sync was originally in Attack of the Clones. I have heard this fact before. Um, as the request of Lucas's daughter, he invited members of the boy band In Sync to make a brief cameo in the prequel Attack of the Clones on a break from the 2001 Pop Odyssey tour. Lance Bass and Justin Timberlake opted to pass on the opportunity, but the rest of the band agreed to be suited up as Jedi Knights. They even took part in an actual battle fighting droids in a climactic Genosis battle. Uh, Joey Fatone remembered that the only direction they were given was pretend like you're fighting droids. Sadly, we'll never know if they were convincing as Jedi. Their scenes were cut from the final edit. <laughs> uh, 11. Nobody says the word Ewok at any point in Return of the Jedi. That's true. Uh, go rewatch the movie if you don't believe us. Not once in the entirety of Return of the Jedi does anybody say Ewok. The name is used in the script. A stage direction reads, A strange little furry face with huge black eyes comes slowly into view. The creature is an Ewok by the name of Wicket. But that's it. Um, so how did we all how did we all walk out of theaters knowing that these creatures were called Ewoks? It's easy. The toys. The toys of the era confirmed the name, but it sure did seem like everybody was talking about Ewok long before they were buying the toys. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, number 12, the Porgs only exist to cover up scene stealing puffins. 
Um, all of those adorable porgs that annoy poor Chewbacca in The Last Jedi weren't originally part of the script. They were a last-minute addition by director Ryan Johnson when he learned that their shooting location, the Irish island of Skellig Michael, is filled with hundreds of very friendly and not-at-all-camera-shy puffins. Um, as creature concept designer Jake Lunt Davies... <clears throat> explained in an interview they decided to find a positive solution for what could have been a costly problem you can't remove them davies said of these puffins you physically can't get rid of them and digitally removing them is an issue in a lot of work so let's just roll with it and play with it and i and so i think he thought well that's great let's have our own indigenous species that's pretty cool i like the porgs i thought they were pretty cool looking uh chewbacca's voice is a mixture of badger lion seal and walrus uh, when a Wookiee growls, it sounds like something both familiar and utterly unique. That's the feat of sound designer Ben Burt, who had come up with a voice for Chewbacca that wasn't just a recording of an angry bear. Uh, Chewbacca didn't have an articulated lips, <clears throat> Burt once recalled. He could basically, basically open and close his mouth, so you also needed to create a sound which would be believable coming from a mouth that was operating like this. Burt ended up mixing together the howls and roars of a couple different creatures, including badgers, lions, seals, and even a walrus from Long Beach, California. That unique bellow has become so iconic that there are even YouTube tutorials which have attracted millions of views where you can get a step-by-step -step guide on how to talk like Chewie. Insert Chewy sound here, right? <laughs> uh, number 14. Yeah, I knew about this one. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's communicator is actually a lady's razor. Uh, some of the most futuristic props in the Star Wars movies were created with some very unusual materials, like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, lightsaber, which was really just the handle of a vintage camera flash, or the medical droid's mouthpiece on Empire Strikes Back, which was an old-school microphone. <clears throat> but our favorite prop trickery is in the phantom menace you may not have looked twice at the communicators used by qui-gon jinn and obi-wan kenobi but if you did you might have noticed that they're shaped exactly like a gillette razor because that's exactly what they are um, not literally of course but they were created from the resin cast of a gillette lady sensor excel razor um, that that's a fact i did know that one uh darth vader number 15 darth vader was almost a very famous actor uh, nobody's real face has been shrouded in as much mystery and anticipation as Darth Vader. For seven years, the entire universe wondered, what does he look like? Just how gruesome is he? Lucas knew that when the mask finally came off in Return of the Jedi, it had to pack a wallop. So he briefly considered finding somebody famous, perhaps a legendary British stage actor like Laurence Olivier or John Gillagood, <clears throat> with a little makeup, of course, to stand in for Vader. But according to the making of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Lucas quickly nixed that idea, worrying that it would distract people from the story and they wouldn't take it seriously. In his words, but we can but we can still imagine the dramatic emoting that Olivier would have delivered as a dying Darth Vader. Um, how could that not be Oscar worthy, right? Um, number 16, Carrie Fisher and uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford partied with Monty Python and the Rolling Stones while filming The Empire Strikes Back. What a time, right? In 1979, Carrie Fisher rented a London townhouse from Monty Python member Eric Idle, where she stayed while filming The Empire Strikes Back. She wrote in an essay for Newsweek in 1999. One night, Idle visited after returning from Tunisia, where he and other Python members had filmed Life of Brian. He brought us this drink that he said they gave the extras so they'd work longer, Fisher wrote. I called it Tunisian Table Cleaner. Harrison Ford stopped by, as did the Rolling Stones, who were recording Down the Block. We had a really early call the following morning, but you have to measure the fun. 
Fisher explained. Rolling Stones or Early Call, and we decided on both. Man, that's crazy. After partying all night with the Stones, Ford and Fisher arrived for the morning shoot without any sleep. The first scene of the day? The Cloud City meeting with Lando. It was their first meeting with Billy D. Williams, and as you'll notice in the film, both Han and Leia are all smiles. Well, who wouldn't be after an all-nighter with the Stones, right? <clears throat> 17. A 10-year-old Han Solo was almost in Revenge of the Sith. That could have played out pretty interesting, I think. Um, if you've always wondered what if Han Solo as a kid was as effortlessly cool as the adult version, we almost got a chance to find out in a Revenge of the Sith scene. As concept artist Ian McClague uh, explained in the Revenge of the Solo, Revenge of the Sith art book, a young Solo being raised by Chewbacca was briefly considered and even sketched out in illustrations. According to McKaig, little Han was an absolute slob. He even had a line in the original script. I found a part of a transmitter droid near the East Bay. I think it's still sending and receiving signals. Not too earth-shattering, granted, but still kind of amazing because that line would have been uttered to Yoda, which would mark the first and only exchange between the two Star Wars characters. I think that would have been cool, but I like how they played it out with um, Solo as his own spinoff movie. Uh, prequel <clears throat> number 18 boba fett's face was revealed in the empire strikes back interesting pretty much every kid who saw empire in the theaters had the same thought i wonder what boba fett looks like under that mask well not to blow your minds but his real mug is in the movie he was right there in clear sight sans the mask and nobody realized um you can be forgiven for not noticing as you would have needed inside knowledge of the production to know what you were seeing as jeremy bullock who plays boba fett explained in a 2000 interview uh one day i was sitting around in the boba fett outfit and i was asked if i would mind playing this imperial officer because there was nobody to play the part the role in question was lieutenant shekel a character that didn't even have a name yet his scene bullock said was in cloud city where princess leia says luke it's a trap i drag her away moments earlier you see me as boba fett shooting at mark hamill one scene and we got <clears throat> one scene and we got a glimpse both of boba with the mask and without it and we didn't even realize so go back and uh, check that out if you didn't know that jeremy bullock was in the movie <clears throat> number 19 yoda's original name was buffy yeah i could see that that's a little weird i don't know uh, most star wars fanatics already knew that yoda's full name at least in the original script was minch yoda before being shortened to something that rolls off the tongue a little easier but here's a fun fact that might surprise you. In the very, very early writing stages of The Empire Strikes Back, Yoda's original name was Buffy. Yes, Buffy. A name we usually associate with awesome teenage vampire slayers. The world would have been a very different place if Yoda had somehow been given this very un-Yoda-like name. <laughs> That's true, right? Number 20, last one here. There is a small South Pacific island that accepts Star Wars coins as legal tender. I want to go to this island, right? The small Polynesian island of Niue, uh, forgive me on that one, 1,500 miles off the coast of New Zealand might not be a galaxy far, far away, but according to the Los Angeles Times, it's the only place on this planet where you can pay for goods and services using collectible coins featuring Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and other Star Wars characters. <clears throat> the coins they accept, however, are not just any old Star Wars coinage. They have to come from the New Zealand Mint, and they all include a portrait of Queen Elizabeth II on the flip side. Also, each coin is sold for around $20, but they only have a face value of $0.80. Cents. So if you actually use Star Wars coins to buy anything, you're a bigger sucker than Lando making a deal with Darth Vader. And for more Star Wars fun, 
Um, well, that's it. So, uh, <clears throat> what do you think, man? 20, 20 unknown facts. How many of those did you guys know before going into this? Because uh, there was a few that, that caught me off guard there that I wasn't sure of. Um, so here's the part of the show where I usually go into the mailbag or the trivia section. I haven't had any of that stuff set up in such a long time that, um, I think just like last week, we're going to call it, call it a week, man. Um, you guys can write to me. Uh, let's fill up that mailbag so I can have a cool, uh, cool episode with, um, your emails and responses and stuff. And I'll read those like I used to do. Um, you can go to justokpod at gmail.com, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up just to be on the safe side here, because I haven't I haven't been been checking anything. I've been uh been kinda out of the loop here. Justokpod at gmail.com. I was right. And uh just okay podcast on Twitter. Uh this podcast is just okay on Facebook. Um or this podcast is just okay on YouTube. Man, you can pop that in anywhere. I'm also on cafepress.com slash this podcast is just okay official merchandise. Um, long name. It's worth it. There's lots of cool stuff on there. But uh, if there's any facts that I missed, go ahead and write them to me. Um, celebrate the day. Watch some Star Wars. And... Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I'm I'm not I'm trying to get back into the habit of segueing segments. Uh it's all practice. Practice makes perfect, right? So um yeah, take those facts, find out what you learned, go watch Star Wars, have yourselves a week, and I will catch you guys. The force will be with you. Always. Uh,